Who is Graham Stephan and should you even care? It's Brian Preston, the money guy. Restoring order to your financial chaos. Retirement, investing, taxes. You've got financial questions, he's got financial answers. It's Brian Preston, the money guy. Hey, Brian, I'm super excited about this show. because Of we've had, course you are, of Bo. Of course I am. Because we've had people ask us all the time, hey, what do you think about Graham Stephan's YouTube channel? You know, you guys have a YouTube show. What do you think about Graham Stephan? And i got to be honest, uh, I wanted to hate him. Well, I think it goes even further in the fact that we, you said one day in a show, and, you, and I promise, I pinky promise, you said smash the like button. Yep. You did not get it from Graham. You actually got not. it from somebody who was looking at another channel, so maybe that person got it from Graham, but right. I know where you got it from. Yep. But we got it, it led to a domino effect of everybody in our chat room mm -hmm. was talking about Graham. And I had a look. I have seen, because Graham's got over 2 million followers yep. on YouTube or subscribers. So I've seen his stuff. I haven't clicked on his stuff because, I'll be honest, I didn't think I'd like this dude. Sure, Because yeah. he is, um, Graham kind of clowned me in a way, <laughs> being the fact that he was already occupying three of my four personal pet peeves of social media influencers. Okay. I'll explain. Because right. I can tell that you're looking for some explanation. First, he's got titles that border on clickbait. Okay, like maybe like this one, millionaire at 26. I mean, and look, and I'm even going to pick on Graham a little bit in the fact that he will have a p thumbnail picture that has absolutely nothing to do with actual content. Right. I'm a perfect example today, we're recording this show. Yep. We're in show meeting. Since we've been doing show prep, you know, YouTube algorithm is showing us all kinds of stuff. Graham has a show that just went out five days ago. The, the thumbnail picture is his net worth is like $9 million. Sure. We like we need to go get an update. You click on it, it's him talking about index investments. Very so it was a show. lot different. So he's got number one, flashy clickbait type titles. Yep. Don't love those. Number two, he has flashy cars. Yep. You know, always the trophies of the trappings of success that you see in all these social media stars that annoy us. Graham has those. And then number three, he even, because this is the thing, I, I don't know what's going on with, and this is how I know I'm getting to be old. Because when I go on, you know, any of my Apple Music, Spotify, and you go to top songs, every song on the top list has an E for That's explicit right, yeah. in it. Well, guess what? It, it, it has fallen over into social media as well, is that Graham does this as well, is that his slogan is do epic poop. That's but he well, doesn't use the word poop. He says I mean, it a little bit differently. We even, yep. He even has some merch that he's done. that We, we took the, the, the creative editing at Daniel... Told we, him to put the we happy don't like poop. to be explicit on our channel. Yeah, we, we don't do we don't do that unless Brian just messes up and screws up how words are said. But and, but here's the fourth thing because if Graham was going for all four of the four corners of being annoying on social media, he would have half naked people. Yeah, he doesn't. doesn't his, have he any doesn't have explicit or yep. you know he doesn't have you know that type of thing. But so Graham is doing three of those four things. So so I just kind of ignored him. Sure, Did, didn't pay any attention to him. But I got to tell you, after actually watching some of his content, kind of impressed. Yeah, man. I, I, I mean, he's legit. I wanted to dislike him so bad, but as I watched more and more and more of his videos, I was like, God, just me and this guy are going to be friends. I just feel like that's the case. He even has some episodes that he has his girlfriend. Yep. And we don't know her name because he just calls her the Graham. He just calls him Graham Stephan's girlfriend. Girl, so, but 
it's dynamite, man. I mean, when you see their their interaction, I mean, you can't help but like it. So that that led me to I wanted to do a show. We want to do a reaction type show to kind of walk through who this person is. So we actually created a summary page sure. of some of his big accomplishments, and then let's get into who the heck is he. You know, what is there some teachable things from this, and could you even reproduce this yourself? So yeah, if we're gonna run through just a quick biography of Graham Stephan. Uh, at 18, he was the very first agent the Oppenheim Group ever hired. And I think you told me Oppenheim Group was kind of You didn't even know who that well was. No. So <laughs> selling if you right if now. you watch Netflix, everybody in the office, by the way, Hannah who can overhear us right outside the studio here. I had a conversation with her probably 3 or 4 weeks ago about selling Sunset right? cuz the new season came out. Well, it's it's got all these and look, their formula is pretty, you know, it's attractive Female agents sure. selling very expensive property out in the L.A. scene. Sure. Hannah, did I nail that summary? It's probably because the houses are pretty, you know, they're, they're flashy stuff. Little did I know, here it is, Graham is the first agent of the Oppenheimer Group. Somehow he didn't make the cut uh, on, the, on the billboard that they have of these attractive women that are agents, but Graham is affiliated but with But he them. was the very first agent that they hired. Uh, he's had... Over $125 million of property sales. So it sounds like he's been a pretty successful real estate agent. Uh, he's the owner of six rental properties. So not only does he sell rental property, he actually buys rental properties uh, as an investment. Uh, he's a car guy. And dare I say, he's actually a guy that invests in cars? Is well, that- I think, I'm look, being the CPA, I know that Graham probably has a unique opportunity that others don't. And I know he's taking advantage of this. Since he incorporates his car on his set... I guarantee he's deducting. Deductible, yeah. Because it's essentially an expensive prop in the background of his car. That's why if you watch him now, his daily driver is a Tesla, so we have that in common. But, um, well, that was a humble brag. That was a humble brag. Solid humble brag. I don't have the Lotus, but we do both have the Tesla. (laughs) So we'll keep going. Go to the next point, because I'm a little fruffled now. In addition, uh, he's a YouTuber, and this is the big one, with over 2 million subscribers on YouTube. He's done something pretty remarkable with his YouTube channel. So we wanted, but go give him the numbers. Don't don't just say he's a YouTuber without kind of giving a little detail as well. All of these other accolades are impressive in and of themselves, but when you actually look at what he's been able to do as a YouTube sensation, in one of his recent videos, he broke down his 2019 YouTube revenue. And Th- what, this is why Graham's cray because I mean, he's who completely in the world, transparent. Who in the world would tell everybody how much you? Sp- specifically make. He showed that with his first, his, his main YouTube channel in 2019, he made a little over $1.1 million. With his second YouTube channel, which is kind of like a talk show channel, he made about $171,000. It was new, by the way, too. It so that number, then. this is probably old at this point. Uh, he has a program, like a course, where you can become a good real estate agent. That uh, He had over half a million dollars of revenue there. He gets about $50,000 in sponsorships and then $40,000 in affiliate marketing. So from YouTube alone in 2019, he made over $1.9 million. That's pretty incredible. It's unbelievable. So when you say YouTuber, I mean, look, there's a lot of folks out there posting do-it-yourself type videos that aren't making $1.9 no. There's a lot of guys making personal finance content that are not making <laughs> $1.9 million. Let's be honest. So it's, um, it's pretty good. So let's talk about I want to kind of transition because when you see this stuff, and we just told you, I, I thought this guy was going to be like all the other social media guys I didn't like, but then I started watching his content and I realized there's something more there. So let's talk about how he did it. I want to, I want to kind of, cause I think we have unique financial sure. knowledge. We ought to share the love and tell you how did Graham actually build his audience and make his wealth realize I talk about this all the time. 
the three big components of wealth creation mm -hmm. are three basic things. You have discipline, meaning that you live a way that you're living on less than you make. Sure. I also talk about how important it is to take a portion. That's the money. That discipline creates money. Mm -hmm. That you use that money, you invest it, you let it turn into your army of dollar bills, yep. and then you just... Let it have the time, so that's the third component, it's time, to let it grow and build. So Graham is kind of unique in the fact that he definitely has discipline. We're going to talk about his minimalistic sure. lifestyle and those type of decisions he's made. But this guy is way too young to have maximized the money and time component. Sure. So how is this guy successful? Uh, he actually used a supercharger tool called leverage. That was yeah. the way he did it, and that's what a lot of real estate folks do. That for most folks, most wealth accumulators, you have to have discipline and money and time. Well, if you do want to short change, not short change, but hypercharge, shortcut sure. those, uh, the time and the money part, you can use leverage to do that. And I'll talk about leverage in a minute because I do want to give some, some additional thoughts on that. But I, I want to focus on, look, minimalistic style, mm -hmm. because you saw the guy makes $2 million a year. Yet you find out he's still living in a duplex yep, that, that he owns. And he, the rent from the other side of it covers his expenses. So he's basically living for free in the duplex. It's like a housing hack, essentially. Mm -hmm. And that, I think that's, he's also, if you listen to the shows with him and his, his girlfriend, I mean, he, he sounds like he really is this cheap. Oh, yeah. So he's really living a life that's that minimalist. He'll brew, he'll brew a pot of coffee and stick in his refrigerator and he drinks his, he calls it his 20 cent uh, iced coffee. I think that's insane because I'm going to go get my delicious, expensive coffee, but he still does it. And I think you that's You just impressive. make your coffee at home. It's just the beans are expensive. Yeah, that's what I mean. But he like puts, yeah, whatever. It's just a whole different thing. You're saying he might have Sanka in that thing. It's yeah. not, he's not even using good beans. Yeah, he might be using Sanka. He's not using the good stuff. <laughs> so the other thing, Graham, if you look at how he made his money, I give him props in the fact that in 2011, he could not have done better when he got into the sure. real estate marketplace. Um, and, and here's the thing. He's got all the, the, the trappings of being a successful person. He's got hard work, de deferred gratification. He definitely understands how money works with risk and reward. And then I think his, he has great instincts to spot value. And you see that he even lists what his important real estate philosophies are. But this is how I know Graham's not just lucky. You heard he only has six rental houses. Right, and he's been in he's been in the real estate game since like the mid to late 2000s, so 10, 12 years. You'd think he would have way more than six properties, right? Yeah, if if it was a system because this is where there's so many people out there selling their real estate system, you, you know, you're just basically going out there, you're buying his requires a little bit more. He's paying attention to the value what mm -hmm. you're paying for the house because we all know the biggest thing in real estate is your purchase price. Yep. You know, so because you do not want to buy into real estate at the tippity top of the market. You want to make sure you get value. And here's how you also know Graham is, is very aware of this. And we'll go through the six steps that he uses mm -hmm. for his real estate success. But you notice what he's doing right now in 2020. He's not looking to buy more real estate mm -hmm. in his area because I think he probably recognizes, hey, it's a little frothy. Sure. It's, it's a little expensive. So he's taking, he got such a good deal on those 2011 houses and some of the other property. He's actually, instead of trying to buy more because he can't find the value, he's actually putting more money back into those original houses yep. to kind of, that's, that Increase shows me, the amount of rent yeah, that, that shows generate. me that he's not just trying to force it down this corridor of getting more rental properties for the sake of getting it. He's actually paying attention to what he's paying for the properties as well and yep. what the return on investment should be. Yep. So then he kind of walks through, he has a sort of a six-step six real estate philosophy that he goes through, and he does the thing, thing that you just said right there. Number one, 
buys an undervalued property that he can get a good deal on. Mm -hmm. Number two, he buys a property in an area that I'm expecting will go up in value over the next 10 years. I think for most folks, you kind of have to stop right there at those two because it's difficult to know if you're not in the real estate game, if the property you're buying is a good value. And it's even harder to know, oh, is this area going to go up in value? Sure. Unless you have some beat on the real estate market, it's pretty hard to do that. I think a lot of people wade into that water when they are very unprepared to make those assessments. And we've seen people do that the wrong way tons of times. Yeah. And I, here's the other thing I think is interesting about Graham. And this is something that I think people need to pay attention to. And we'll come back to it in a minute when we talk about, can you do this yourself? What industry is Graham in in his day job before he became a YouTuber and a sensation? He's a real estate agent. Yeah, and we tell people this all the time, and, and I, I'll give you an, even a case study example of one of our clients, is that Graham lives, breathes, works in real estate. So he knows the industry, he knows it well, so it makes complete sense that he has success in it. I had, we had a client, loved this client, works in the telecom field, he actually lays fiber. Sure. And I still remember, we were talking to him about, you know, he should probably really work on building to save the 20 to 25%, and he's like, guys... Because the only thing I'm having trouble with with this whole thing is that why wouldn't I, instead of giving you guys an additional $5,000 a month, why wouldn't I just go buy another piece of equipment and put another crew out there laying more pipe? And, yeah. and I was like, you know what? You should. Because <laughs> probably if you have – now, this is the key word, successful. That's right. But if you have a successful small business mm -hmm. and you're good at it, there will probably not be a better performing asset in your portfolio of network on your holdings and your net worth than your successful small business. So if you can see that there's an opportunity and you have these skill set, this is not passive investment. This is definitely an mm -hmm. active investment. Go out there and do it. It's the same thing. Our business, we should continue to grow and focus yep. on that, on the active part of our money. Now, there is a key component and difference between passive money, meaning that it's your army of dollar bills you put to work so you don't have to work as hard with your back, brains, and hands versus the active where you are having to give it that sweat equity to make sure that it's growing for you in the background. Yep. So step number one, he buys an undervalued property. Step number two, he buys a property area he thinks going to going to go up. He then says he wants to get a low interest fixed rate 30-year loan on the property. So he definitely deploys leverage. He then either renovates or fixes up the property so it'll be worth even more by the time that he sells it. Then he rents out the property and he makes sure whenever he does that, he has enough rental income to cover his costs plus the profit. Hmm. So he doesn't want to actually be outflowing any money. And the number six, he says, repeat the same process and do it over and over and over again. Now, that's Graham's real estate mm -hmm. philosophy. But I know from seeing some of the research we did for the show... He actually is, just like we dabble in talking about real estate, he dabbles into personal finance Absolutely. and passive investing. What's his thoughts? I mean, where's his money, Bo? And then what's his thoughts on the passive side of things? Yeah, so the majority of his uh, net worth, the majority of his wealth is in real estate, but he did recognize, hey, I need to spread my risk out. I do mm -hmm. need to be diversified. So he did have a goal, and I think this was a goal in 2019. He said, I want to build up the passive investments that I have in the stock market, in just regular liquid investments. And so in 2019, he made an effort to begin putting a big chunk of his income towards passive investments. Yeah. And, and I thought it was interesting, once again, being transparent. He actually shared how he invests. And I, this was, he does 70% total market index. Yep. 
20% international market index, and then 10% bond index. And I think he even shared that he used Vanguard. Yeah, and I think that's great. Now, one thing I would tell Graham if I was going to have a conversation was like, hey, that's awesome, but you got to, because he says, I want to invest like this. I'm not going to look at it. I'm not going to pay attention to it. I'm not going to give it any attention. I'm just going to put the money in and let it grow. Well, 10 years from now, I'm going to argue that Graham's risk profile will probably be different than it is now just because he's going to be 10 years older. And the size of it will change the risk profile. Change. So I think something like a target retirement fund might be a better fit than just the 70-20-10 portfolio, but he's doing okay. I won't yeah. fight him on that. And I'll even add, this is a little solid add-in, Graham. When you get to a point, because I, I watched in some of your videos, if you are looking for a way to hide additional money that's outside of real estate, keep doing your real estate thing. I get it. But we know ways to turbocharge legally yep. through retirement assets and other things to save for super high income people like Graham. So it's just a little tidbit that I want to put out there. But I want to close out this section before we but before we do, show us where his income, because once again, he's so transparent. He actually laid out where every dollar of his monthly income comes from. Yeah, so this is pretty remarkable. So he, he put this on his channel and he says his typical monthly income is about $150,000 per month. Well, if you look at the breakdown, about 15,000 of that comes from his rental properties. About 7,000 comes from affiliates or sponsors. About 8,500 or so comes from real estate commissions, meaning selling his real estate. About 9,000 comes from his second YouTube channel. Almost 30,000 a month comes from his courses, which he does on Teachable. And then about 81,000 comes through his main YouTube channel. So what I think is really interesting, if you look at that 150, that's almost $120,000 of it yeah. comes from the social media influence part of what he does. That's pretty powerful. I mean, but it is. So I want to get back to, to the basics of what made Graham, because for somebody who's in their early 30s, he's successful. He's a millionaire. He's got million, seven-figure income. I mean, is this guy legit and how did he get here? I mean, is he, and the only way I could think of doing this is we talk about this on the show all the time. The Millionaire Next Door. Yep. And I love the millionaire next door and the fact that it has seven traits mm -hmm. that the typical millionaire does. So we were like, let's lay out these seven millionaire traits and let's see how many of them Graham actually checks off. Yeah, that's great. So if we were just to look at the seven factors of wealth that's laid out in the book, uh, number one, they live. <laughs> number one, millionaires live below their means. Yeah, he's got that uh, one in space. I would say that he kind of nails that one. Uh, hey, can I say one thing? I know you're going to two, but... Yep. I'm curious because he's in his early 30s. I was super tight wide too when I was his age. Sure. I'm curious to see as Graham matures into my wounded warrior stage where you don't think you're taking over the world anymore. Right. You you just you know where you are. I'm curious to see if he gets like I am where you're still good with your money, but, but not, you're so not, tight. not as tight. Sure. Because I, I think he even said it when he was talking about his audience. He goes, I feel like I attract a lot of tight wads yeah. or minimalist. To his thing, I, I'm curious because making two million dollars a year, three million, whatever mm -hmm. it grows to be, I'm curious to see how that develop, you know, shapes him in the coming years. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because like he drives a Tesla, so he's not that tight. He's not like a super super tight wad, but some other stuff he just won't spend money on <laughs> well, at all. L.A. is a very much a car scene. Sure, I've, I've shared with you when I've been out to L.A. You'll see Range Rovers like you do Honda Accords yeah, in sure. Georgia. Sure. Now we live in the, Nashville. For the South is, I feel like a very yeah. not. I don't know if I say car society, but definitely status sure. culture. Yep. But LA is that on. It's just 
with on growth hormones, steroids. I mean, it's stacking all kind of things out there in LA. If you've ever been out there, it's crazy. All right. So the second factor of wealth is they allocate their time, energy, and money efficiently. Oh, yeah. I would argue that he is incredibly efficient. He parlayed what he was doing as a real estate agent into a YouTube channel, and now he's had huge success. Yeah. So no doubt he's doing that. Uh, number three, financial independence is more important than displaying high social status. You know, if he's living in a duplex with somebody living in the duplex next to him, I'm not guessing that he's trying to like show off social status. Well, I think it's so interesting because so many people on social media, I mean, <laughs> you know, the Paul brothers. Mm -hmm. Yep. What do they do? They have the big houses. They got the flashy lifestyle. They've even got the half naked people all yep. over their videos. And that is just where it seems like society is. Mm -hmm. Graham has those things in his clickbait type stuff, but or he'll he'll probably say clickable. clickable he'll correct stuff. me and say clickable. But I do think that if you actually look at where the rubber meets the road of how he lives his life, he kind of is he's he's very moderate to 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 he's very efficient with how he uses his resources. Uh, factor number four: their parents did not provide economic outpatient care. Now I don't I don't know where Daniel found this, but he actually like went and said I, I don't. I guess he Googled it or maybe he watched all of Graham's videos. This, this is the long quote you're about to give, No, right? well, I'm going to talk because he said that uh, all his parents gave him was a saltwater aquarium at the age of 11. <laughs> and Graham said, you know what? I love this saltwater aquarium. I'm going to start taking pictures of all the fish and the things that are in saltwater aquariums, and I'm going to sell the picture. So he figured out an economic way to make money off of what his parents gave him. So his parents didn't give him a bunch of money, but they gave him an aquarium, and he told turned that into a business idea, which I think is beautiful. <laughs> uh, but yes, then there was this really awesome quote that he said. Now, uh, before you read the quote, Graham, I know you'll watch this because I get the feeling Graham watches these type of reaction uh, uh, type videos. For sure. Great quote. We got to get it more Warren Buffett-esque. You got it. You got it. You got it. We're going to give you the respect and read this whole thing. This is so good, but let, let's, let's work on it. Let's, let's minimize that a little bit because I'm, I'm, I have the same problem, by the way. So this is what he said. He said, and I almost think of life and making money and stuff like that as almost a game of playing poker. So sometimes people are dealt a really good set of hands and they can play that really well from the very beginning without much effort. If you get two or three kings in the very first day, you're going to do well. But other people, I think, who have a pair of twos or whatever can certainly bluff their way and play to their strengths. In terms of me specifically, I think I certainly had some advantages and some disadvantages. If you looked at me from the beginning, I had terrible grades. I didn't go to college. Statistically, I should not have been successful whatsoever. But I had an interest in working hard and making money and saving as much as I can and really taking an interest in investing. So I think that helped. So I think anyone can play to their strengths. And I think anyone can learn especially personal finance is something that you can absolutely learn. It's not something you're born with. So I think anyone can be successful, and I truly do stand by that. Here, here. I love it. That was a good quote. I love it. A little he, long, but good. Really good. Not, not, it's not slideable. I mean, you wouldn't even <laughs> let me put the slide up there with all those words. Number five, this one is the only of the seven he didn't have, but it's because it's kind of a natural thing for a 31-year-old. It's a little premature. Their adult children are economically self-sufficient. As far as we know, Graham does not have no adult children. No adult children yet. Number six, they're proficient in targeting market opportunities. Yep. I've already explained he jumped into the real estate market in 2011. Well done. Luck, skill, it doesn't matter. He was prepared and ready to do it, so it works. Number seven, they chose the right occupation, without a doubt. Mm -hmm. I think he's especially out there in the L.A. scene. Perfect occupation to make good money at it. Um, here's the only word of caution I would give. Because people are going to watch this video, and they're going to say, man, I'm doing it all wrong. Let's just load up. Let's go move out to L.A. 
I think I can do this, or maybe maybe I'm in Missouri, or I'm even mm-hmm. in Nashville. Sure. I could. Why can't I go do what Graham did? Here's the the thing I would tell you about leverage. Leverage can make you look so smart until you're wrong. Yep. I mean, I, it really is one of those things. I, there's a. I, I'm listening. You know, I'm listening to a book right now. I'm not going to give the name. It's not to that point. Don't pick on me. But it is the the, the fraternal twins of luck versus risk is when you talk about when we study history of the outliers of people who are doing Mm -hmm. so well. That's where Graham is right now. We talk about all the good things they did right. Mm -hmm. But what if Graham, instead of buying his house in 2011, had bought his initial rental properties in 2007? Would we still be talking the same story? Because leverage, think about, here's one. Another influencer, Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey here. What is the story Dave Ramsey tells everybody? He was a millionaire, I believe, by like 26, 27 years old. And one day, you know, the music stops on real estate and he got broke. Why is Dave Ramsey so against debt? Is he remembers how bad leverage wore him out because it's great using other people's money to let you exploit and grow is a you're sitting on top of a very sharp blade mm-hmm. that can make you look like a genius or man it can cut you up and really hurt you to the point like your Dave Ramsey where you go teetotal status and you don't even allow credit cards. Yep. I mean that is the thing. I, so I tell everybody be careful because our boy Warren Buffett he's got a saying. Now I'd say it a little different. Don't get caught swimming naked <laughs> because it's it's, it's it's something you have to worry about because Warren Buffett talks about when the tide goes out, you can see who was skinny dipping. You just nailed it. Naked. That's the actual quote. Is that you, the actual? You quote? did it. Well, in the South, you'd say, "Don't get caught swimming <laughs> naked." I mean, because that's that's the reality of the situation. Is that now look, Graham's gonna be okay mm-hmm. because Graham has now used this success and he's used some other talents he has to be a successful influencer and media personality. He he's going to be okay. But I'm telling you this, you out there in the YouTube world. You need to understand how dangerous leverage is. It is a shortcut to cut off money and time in the wealth building process, but you're kind of dancing a little bit with the dark one if you're not careful. So be careful with it. And I think you ought to have some realistic expectations. If you're someone out there saying, you know what, I see how successful this guy is, and I'm going to go jump into real estate, and I'm going to go be just as successful as Graham Stephan is, and I'm going to be a real estate mogul, you got to remember that a big chunk of his monthly income comes from his social media influence. If you were to strip away what he makes from YouTube and the courses, he would still have a great annual income of around $300,000, but that is very, very different than a $1.8 million income that's provided to him because of his social media. So you got to understand what is and is not available and what's realistic and not realistic to you. So true or false, Bo? We were talking about this in show prep. And I said, look, Bo, I think you're, are you a little jealous of Graham? Because y'all are about the same oh, age. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, Green okay, well, hang them. on. Let's, let's, let's dissect this. Let's get a little deeper. I'll play Dr. Phil here for a moment. <laughs> I said, you realize, and I think I'm the one that kind of put, pulled it apart. And I said, you realize if you actually look at Graham's own data he shared with mm-hmm. us, he's making out of his $150,000 a month of income, only 16% is coming from real estate. Right. So that's $23,000. It was $8,600 from real estate commissions, $15,000 from rental income. I said, go ahead and extrapolate that by 12 months. 
He's a three. He's, he's a successful. Look, I'm not taking anything away from three hundred thousand dollars a year, but three hundred thousand dollars a year as a successful real estate person is a lot different than a two million dollar sure. person. Yep. So I think it's very and, and so I, I tell you that because it then it allows you to separate how much of this is real estate, how much of this is to be duplicated. Mm -hmm. Versus how much of this is the entertainment side now? Because then you do, for some reason, as soon as we find out it's talent, it's just like LeBron James. Are we mad that LeBron James makes a fortune playing basketball? Uh uh. He's good at it. He's, he can do something that most people can't do. Right. I mean, that, that is the reality of the situation. So as soon as we find out somebody has a talent that is not normal, mm -hmm. I think it gives us a little freedom to understand. So I want to separate Graham is a $300,000 a year real estate investor. There's a lot of those. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, we work with them. Sure. We don't, it still means you have a great life, but there's a difference between a $1.7 million YouTube star. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, that's the part I want to just kind of point out was that Graham, it's the whole chicken or the egg argument sure. on social media influencers. And we always say, when you're going out there and looking at social media people, make sure you understand what is making them super successful. Now, Graham is unique in the fact that he is good at real estate. He is good at investing. He is a minimalist. But don't fool yourself into thinking that you are going to go out there and reproduce what he's created. That's right. Because here's – and look, let me tell you what I think Graham is his superpower. He's nerdy, meaning he's For analytical. Sure. He can do the math. He can disclose it all. He's also pretty likable. I Definitely. found myself really liking him watching the video. And he's – um. And, and, and the, you put the nerdiness with the analytical meaning, be able to put it out there. It is a superpower it in a way works. because and, and, and look, there are so few people we know. I come from an accounting background. There's a lot of nerds. Oh yeah, there are. I mean, there's a lot of us nerdy guys, but the communication doesn't always fit. It's just sure. like we know somebody who makes millions of dollars playing video games. Mm -hmm. It's not the video games that is the. That's just the key the into the kingdom. Yeah. Their their witty banter while they're playing video games well is the superpower that's, that's that the lets thing. them make millions of dollars a year being a YouTube sensation playing video games. Graham kind of has that same superpower. Mm -hmm. Think about this. How many people have probably started a YouTube channel because they watch Graham's channel? Oh, I'm sure it's tons. Because he makes it look it. easy. He's like, oh, this if that guy can do it, surely I can do it. I'm sure there have been hundreds of folks that have said that. So I just want you to – I mean, and look – I hope Graham sees it. I hope he likes it. You know, it's something that he considers, but you do not fool yourself into thinking that you are going to go out there and create a $2 million a year YouTube channel. But so what can you do, right? So what are the things that you can do? Well, here's our advice. Uh, number one, play to your strengths. There's a reason that you and I aren't running out and going and doing all kinds of real estate deals. It's true. We're going to keep doing financial planning. We're going to keep doing the Money Guy Show. We're going to focus on the things that we know and that we do really, really well. And then number two, master the three components of wealth building. Now, look, Graham has hacked this a little sure. bit, but I want to remind you, discipline. Graham's got that when he lives a minimalist lifestyle, but also money. So take that discipline where you're living below your means, turn that into actual excess and money, invest it. We recommend 20 to 25% of your gross yep. income. Put it out there, you know, into something like an S&P 500, a target index target retirement fund. I don't even, you don't even have to get fancy by doing total market funds or anything like that. Go do an index total tar target market fund like Vanguard, Fidelity. They have these things that will adjust and have a glide path that reflects your age of retirement. And then the most recent, most important, give it time. Yep. Let it work. Let that army of dollar bills grow for you in the background. And then, Bob, I love this one. 
Because you put a third one on there. Yep. Uh, you've got to respect the foo. Oh. You've got to follow the financial order of operations to know that you're doing with your dollars exactly what you're supposed to be doing with your dollars. Guys, if you don't know, if you're new to this, maybe you discovered it, we have a free deliverable. Go to moneyguy.com slash resources. We have a free deliverable on the nine steps of financial order of operations. It turns out money does have an instruction manual. No different than when you're learning basic math concepts. You learn when do you do addition, when do you do multiplication, exponents, all of it. It's the same way with finances. Yep. So go understand that you can learn from the financial order of operations. Now, look, if you want to go a step further, we even have a course that has worksheets, has a f private Facebook yep. group, as well as a bunch of other deliverables that go way deeper than what we can do on a show. But all these things will help you become better with your money and learn what are your strengths, what can you play to, and also how to respect, respect wealth building. I'm the money guy, <laughs> Brian Preston, Bo Hansen. We'll talk to you soon. The Money Guy Show is hosted by Brian Preston. Abound Wealth Management is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with the securities laws and regulations. Abound Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through The Money Guy Show. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.